This is me talking. Hi there. It's me. The demon. Hi there. It's me. The other demon. For those who don't know, this is We Are Sorry in Advance. I am Corey. This is my co-host, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe is they, them. I am he, him. I mean, to say we've both had an easy few months is a lie. Things got weird. Things got rough. Do um, you want to do, do a recap or do you want to keep sorry. it a little mystique? I mean, we can give like we can give the like cliff notes. So since um, the since nine eleven, when <laughs> we last recorded our podcast, um, lots of things changed. Um, so I was admitted to a psych ward, so that was fun, um, and that is a story for another <laughs> episode, not today. Um, I am now. I accepted the fact that I was an alcoholic. Part <laughs> um, fucking time. <laughs> and I'm now three months sober. Woo! Um, Woo! Um, I've been. Yeah, that's that's been the vibe. Uh, I'm. I don't really know what I'm gonna do for a job. <laughs> so I'm just here vibing. <laughs> and then. And then there's Corey's thing of being hired, being taken on a ski trip to Valverde's, going to five-star restaurants, and then the next day, after being flown back home, being swiftly fired, <laughs> swiftly, swiftly, swiftly told that I do not have a job. So um, I was kind of here for it as a fired experience, because most people get a card from Brenda from HR being like, sorry, you're gone. I got... I, I don't know how many times you've been fired from jobs before, Corey, but if they do not get you a card, <laughs> this, um, you might get a Facebook message for someone being like, did you get fired? And you have to be like, yeah. I, um, <laughs> I did. I don't make it a habit of getting fired. I've only been fired from this job. It's really been, it's been a, been a few, few, been a few months. But we're back, and we're back with, we're, I, I feel like. crackhead set up, may I, oh my may God. I add? I feel like. Our podcast name is really listened to. It's really living back to its. We are sorry. We are sorry. It took this long, <laughs> so we're sorry once again. Um, I would like to give a very big shout out to everyone who put us into the top two hundred twenty-five <laughs> in the iTunes leisure chart. Thank you so much. Also, we love I, our fans. iTunes had a leisure chart. That's that's news to most people. <laughs> yeah, um, and we made it into the top two hundred twenty-five, my dude. <laughs> We were number 225, mainly because there's only 225. <laughs> but no, it was. Let's. I guess this is going to be a very chill episode that we literally just talk about our favourite games and give a bit of cliff notes as to why they're what they are. Mainly because we need to get one back in the swing of things, and two, we just need to test out this recording setup because oh my god, it's like a crackhead studio in here. Oh my god. Oh my god. So I started off last episode, if I remember correctly. So this is going to be Joe. Yeah, let's get it. Let's what? get this proverbial bread. So what are your top... Uh, right, we both agreed on top 10 games to say on the podcast. Now, to say I did not stick to that rule is <laughs> <laughs> an understatement, but we will get there when we get there. So Joe, feel free to start us on off. So, this isn't in any particular order, because it is kind of like ranking your favourite children. Um, like, I would rank my favourite children. I mean, 
I don't think I could. I would follow. Oh no, because they'd all get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, my top ten favourite games are Fallout New Vegas, Bioshock, Mass Effect 2, Hatterful Boyfriend, Jet Set Radio Future, Jade Empire, Sonic Adventure 2, XCOM 2, Disco Elysium, and whilst technically not a game, closer to a game mode, Call of Duty Zombies. I was going to add Call of Duty Zombies. I had a bit of an issue where I wasn't sure whether to add some indie games, because obviously there's games out there like um, What Remains of Edith Finch, um, Everyone's Gone to Rapture, Firewatch, not so much, but there's a lot of games I feel like are just walking simulators. Like Obviously there's amazing right. ones like Fat Dragon Cancer, which is like a great story, so I was like is this more of a game or an experience? And how do I just... So I've tried to... I'm going to say mine, just because. Just because? Just why because. Not? Just a tailgate. But I feel like I tried to miss out games that were more experiences. I tried to put games that have a bit more gameplay. Right. Uh, that, are a little, that have equal narrative and mechanic yeah. weight. Um, so... I, f- I, I found with my list, uh, I apparently fucking love sequels <laughs> yeah to be fair some sequels are lit some are unique and bad but no i get that so my list was i mean sonic avenger 2 my top five i think are my top five favorite games but i also think i'm just hit with like nostalgia for a lot of games Makes no sense. no game is like recent i don't think on my list they're all like either games i play a lot now but because they're like quite easy to pick up and play or like stuff like so my list goes Sonic Adventure 2 Fallout 3 Ooh. mainly because I knew you were going to pick Fallout New Vegas <laughs> you just like to be a controversial little yeah. bitch don't you uh, uh, The Elder Scrolls 5 Oblivion because that is top tier Portal 1 slash 2 because I actually do think in isn't my mind it, isn't that... Oblivion the fourth Elder Scrolls I'm not a smart man <laughs> never claimed to be um, are you... never claimed to even know the game I'm talking about <laughs> Uh, and then Life is Strange. They're my top five for different reasons. And then the rest of them is Little Big Planet 2. Because Little Big Planet 2 was fucking amazing for its time. VR chat. Because Controversial during, yet brave. During lockdown, it was such a good, like, fun thing. I think it, if anyone's got an Oculus or anything, you should play it. It's not that like, great on PC, but if you've got an Oculus or anything, try it out. The Sims busting out. Oh, honestly, classic. it was going to be The Sims 3. But I was like, busting out is so iconic. No, busting out is iconic. Like, um, I feel like we're gonna have to get an emulator and do a will, do a little playthrough. I'll buy a PlayStation Two just to play. Oh, the game. I have a PlayStation Two or a GameCube because it's on so many things. It's it was like, such a good list. We'll find it. That and like the herbs. Oh, I love the herbs. I just miss I miss those the errors herb, of games. The herbs is the one. Herbs is great. Why did the Black Eyed Peas get a game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the power of Will I Am and Fergie. True. And then, so, I've also cheated, and I've put a mod. I mean... So, there's a Minecraft mod called Pixelmon, which was Pokemon in Minecraft, and obviously there was no 3D games when this was released of, like, Pokemon. So it's just fucking lit. And I used to play it with my friends, and, oh, I mean, nostalgia. I think it's just on my, there because of nostalgia. I, f- I, I feel like it might be part nostalgia, but if Roblox can get away with calling their little mini-games you can make individual games, True. then I feel like you could definitely argue that Pixelmon could, like, is te- it's a overhaul, essentially. It 
adds in changes in mechanics, I would say it counts. Yeah. It, you could count it as its own game. And then I've also put Dead by Daylight. Because I played that. Choice. Yeah, it was either it could be that or Overwatch, but I feel like Dead by Daylight, I'm always playing. So now you have four games I just sort of wanted to throw in there, but maybe because <laughs> Freedom of Gay. You really have not. No, you were like, I told you. You were, were like, like, I cannot be contained. You were like, 10 games, and I went, I'm going to pick 15. Because <laughs> it feels wrong to. So, like, I've only picked four. Only four. But I feel mm, three. One of them was Firewatch, but that's not one of my favourite games. I just I wanted to mention some indie games because I did mention indie games a lot and I play a lot of indie story games. So I feel like I had to mention them because otherwise it just sounds like I play retro shooters and that's just not my vibe. So I put Normal Lost Phone because it's very gay. It is. Very gay. Very, very I also gay. put most of these ones because they're gay. Um, <laughs> a Night in the Woods. Be gay, do crime fox. Have you played it yet? No. It has the fox is gay and it has probably one of the best representations of a queer relationship. I feel like that is actually because like they're both so the fox is going out with this bear and they're in like Relatable. a little we've all been there. And then he lives in like a small little town like that's where the town like it's just based. It's, the whole game is about you go in back to your like hometown basically and things have changed and people aren't the same and like try to rekindle relationships. But the fox and the bear literally just are gay and like they have it like one if you stick to the scenes where you just mainly go with them like the fox has a whole narrative like monologue basically saying like we want to move out because um of this and that reason but like you won't understand because you don't know what it's like to be the only queer people in a small town i was like oh that's such a good oh, it's just it's such a good like little scene of just them just being like being gay in a small town is not just gays being gay. Even if you have each other, it's just not enough. And I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I really just didn't stick to it. But what what two games are you going to talk about? So I'm going to talk about Fallout New Vegas and Bioshock. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I was humming and hawing between doing either Bioshock or Mass Effect 2. Um, but I think the Mass... I don't think you can talk about one... Mass Effect game. I think you kind of need to talk about it as a yeah as a whole. Um, whereas I think you can take, uh, I, like with Bioshock, it's very much you can take each game as its own separate individual story without anything. So uh, I think I could do Bioshock more justice in this episode than Mass Effect. So Fallout New Vegas and Bioshock. Is it Bioshock One or is it? In- Infinite. Um, it's Bioshock One. Um, because I consider it a foundational, um, a part of the foundational shift that we had in gaming. That games could have quite a mature, philosophically interesting story. Um, and what two thousand seven, two thousand eight, one of them. Was well, it a spiritual successor to System Shock? So I feel like. Um, specifically System Shock 2. Uh, Which is uh, iconic. It is iconic. Uh, that's one that Ken Levine helmed over at Looking Glass. And it is a spiritual successor, but in kind of name only. Yeah. Um, it's one of those games that... I think it has some similar themes. Like I... a higher power who's a bit corrupt and all... Because, like, Andrew Ryan is... Well, capitalism gone 
gone awry. Gone awry. Which is the highest power. <laughs> I haven't God. Um, I mean, do you believe a man is entitled to the sweat on his brow? God. <laughs> I think without that shift that Bioshock started, I think gaming would be in a very different place. Hmm. Um, mechanically, it didn't invent the wheel or anything, but uh, narratively, environmental storytelling, um, whilst it definitely didn't invent audio logs, it sort of carried on the tradition. Um, I think it does it uniquely though, like every single one is, like there's one in the bathroom but then plays like a ghost woman like it they they weren't all just black and white like uh, the um ghost of the woman that andrew ryan like fucked over so everyone everyone <laughs> every woman no one no one left rapture like you know what it was actually really good for me for a dollar name a woman <laughs> like but no go deep on in there sis um what, what do you want to do you want to what do you want to give a little brief synopsis of miss bioshock of miss shock miss shock um so you start off on a plane, and you're smoking on a plane, so you know it's at least the 60s. I mean, it does tell you in the splash screen it's like 1960-whatever. He um, also could just be a bad boy. Right? Um, he is playing the entire game. Isn't he in just like a, like a knit sweater? Yeah. In, it's so bad. In like a cream knit, knit sweater. Uh, it's great. It's iconic. Um, and you're looking at like a little photo of you and your family in your wallet. Um, and then the plane crashes, and you just kind of like there in the ocean. You see this weird lighthouse, and it's the sixties. Who's coming to help you? It's like I either I either drown, <laughs> or I go have a little like looksy do. Um, so you go in, and plot twist: underwater utopia. Oh my god! Oh my How god. wonderful! Get my bags. I'm moving it. <laughs> Get my bags. Um, as you arrive, it appears things aren't as it seems down in old rapture. Um, as you see someone get just brutally murdered right in front of you. Um, this guy named Atlas tries to call you to be like, Hey up, um, Mike, do you want to come help me? Like, would you kindly? I love. I, you're can you love. kindly get me some sugar and come help me? <laughs> come help me dismantle the whole society. <laughs> Please. Um, so he, like, guides you through to try and protect you from, like, Andrew Ryan, who's a big bad, who thinks, like, the CIA or, like, the federal government or someone has come to, like, shut him down, man. Uh, which is just stupid, because I don't think anyone has jurisdiction underneath the ocean. I'm assuming they, I would assume they'd have their own government. I'm assuming they, like, they had their own, like, I don't think you can just build a city under water and then be like, well, bye guys. <laughs> like, I feel like someone would step in and be like, Hi, like I feel like the United Nations or someone would be like, "Hi, hi, Queen, what no. are you doing?" No, <laughs> no, what are you doing? You're just doing bits. Andrew Ryan has enough money to just be like, "No, you can ignore me." Um, then surely he would just be his own government. Like, surely he'd just be more like a dictatorship. Well, yes, that's a, that's sort of part of the hypocrisy of the whole, <laughs> <laughs> the whole of the whole thing. Do you, um, so uh, Atlas helps you, you know, go and run through everywhere avoiding Ryan. He's like, you need to help me get to my family. They're stuck in a bathosphere and if you don't help me get to them, they're gonna die. <laughs> Would you kindly help me? So you go off to try and find his family and you bump into this bird called Tenenbaum. Um, 
and she was uh she was in Auschwitz at one point uh and the Nazis did some experiments on her that's where she learned science so she <laughs> so um she's down in rapture and you get introduced to these little creepy girls called the little sisters who have been turned from normal happy little girls from like a little orphanage so you know because uh, girls go missing from an orphanage. Who cares? Who's looking out for them? Um, and they get turned into these weird little mon- monstrosities with like some sea slugs in them um, at- to produce Adam, which is part of the thing that calls the fall of Rapture because it invented plasmids, which are genetic modifications that you can just like shoot up. And you would think that maybe the best delivery method for your um for your genetically rewriting serum maybe not a direct like hypo needle just straight to the arm i would would you want it to be a cream a cram a cram <laughs> <laughs> um and she's like well what are you gonna do are you gonna like get less adam from this little sister and save her and like you know rescue her or are you going to murder her? <laughs> and you get slightly more, like, you get Adam. two more bits of Adam. Um, but she watches you the entire time while she do it. So either you are starting off the game being like, no, I'll save little children, or no, fuck them kids. <laughs> um, so you move on, and you do, like, you, like, you go through, and you eventually get to Atlas's family, and plot twist blows up. Oh dead all over the shop um so you move on from there do some other bits and then you stumble across one of the greatest levels i think of any video game ever created uh fort frolic don't remember <laughs> don't remember it's at the garden uh no, no that is sander cohen so uh a little 13 year old me was fucking obsessed with Santa Cohen. Is he the musician? Yes. The oh, crazy one. Yeah. Uh, where you've got to go around taking pictures of, oh, yeah. you know, fulfilling the memoriam. Um, from a design perspective and a character perspective, truly one of the greatest levels ever. Um, and sort of your whole main objective is. To kind of kill Andrew Ryan at this point. So you're just, you know, blah, 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 going through. Um, you get to Andrew Ryan. And spoilers if you haven't heard of the twist in Bioshock yet. Um, you find out that the phrase that's been repeated to you the entire time, would you kindly, is actually your activation code. Because you are, uh, you're technically only six months old. You're a... you're a week old. I thought it was six months. I thought he only escaped... That might be completely wrong. I thought you were a week old and then you only escaped the plane like the day before. But that might be completely wrong. I thought you were a week old. I thought you... I thought it was older, but who knows. I Google it. Sorry. Um, I could be wrong. I, I've only played Bioshock once and I was like 15. So you are... Anytime someone uses the phrase would you kindly, you are bound to do that and it was such a in hindsight it's kind of like not a stupid plot twist 
it was very big at the time for being like player choice is never really a, like an active choice you are always being guided like there was lots of different levels to it it was for 2007 8 ahead of its time um but then the game carries on and you've got to go and kill atlas who plot twist turns out to be frank fontaine andrew ryan's nemesis (laughs) uh you kill him and then depending on whether you were a good little boy and helped all the little sisters you get the good ending where you like take them up to the surface and like they all get married and it's really happy or if you were an absolute bastard and killed all of them then you take the forces of rapture and try and invade earth earth the land the... Just probably america uh but yeah that's kind of a very poor synopsis of bioshock so although jack's age is undetermined there is a diary by dr su chong yeah in Andrew Ryan's office that suggests he was able to grow a child that aged about one year every month and he's 24, so he's probably two years old? One year every month? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's two years old. That's two years old. Quick math. <laughs> Quick math with the quiz. So why, why is it your favourite game? Um, or one of? Because as we discussed, we have many. We have many. <laughs> um, so it just drew me in when I first played it. I downloaded a demo for free off the Xbox Live Marketplace back in the day when, you know, you still had demos. Um, and at first I was fucking terrified. So I had to... It is a creepy game. It is a creepy game, especially if you're not expecting it. So, um, like, played it and I was like, oh, I enjoyed that. And then I saw it on offer in, like, the local game shop called Game Cave. <laughs> we had... Oh my god, what was our one? We had... Game Exchange, Ooh. Game Station, which I think was a chain, and then just Game. In a small little town, we had like eight game shops because they were like, well, you guys are not doing anything else. <laughs> right. You really have nothing else to do. Um, And it was on offer, so I bought it, got home, and I think I played through all of it in a weekend. Like, it sucked me in, the storytelling, the art direction, the music, um... Mechanically, I wasn't like. I mean, I'm saying that with hindsight. Mm. At 13, I wasn't like the mechanics are great. <laughs> I uh, can see you as a cabbie kid though, who would care about that. Oh no, the fucking nerd. <laughs> when I got to about 16, then yeah, agreed. Um, and it was kind of the first game that made me see that games are more, could be, more than just, like, silly little, like... like More than zombies. More than zombies, or more than, like, just a trash pastime where, like, you don't get any, like, enrichment from it. Like, where there's a good drama on TV, like, oh, that was really good, wasn't it? Whereas if you're like, oh, there's this really cool game with all of, like, the same themes and whatnot, whereas you wouldn't get the same reaction... And it's the first game that kind of you could talk a lot about. And it's a cheap Halloween costume. It's great. Go as a splicer. <laughs> Fully thought you meant a big daddy. I was like, yeah, you know what, in budget. <laughs> we just make that quickly. It did kind of awaken a little bit of 
an obsession. Like, I devoured all of Bioshock 2. I got the collector's edition thingy. I can see like, Songbird got, as we speak. I've got a little Songbird statue and bits. Like, I was Bioshock crazy. Do you like Bioshock Infinite? I keep on going backwards and forwards with Bioshock Infinite. Bioshock Infinite is my favourite one. I think it's just... I think it's my least. I think if it was Bioshock Infinite was made during Bioshock year, it'd be bad. But I think Bioshock Infinite nails the points it wants to nail and it makes it a good sequel without... Like, it links back really well. The ending's a good twist. I also... I just think the characters... I prefer Elizabeth. I but think... I do like... I like a character that stays with you rather than characters you meet along the way. I think... The ending is kind of Ken Levine being petty because I they knew that it was going to be the last Bioshock game that Irrational worked on. Yeah. So they wrote in a plot hook that meant that no matter what they do, no matter what whoever tries to take over Bioshock, they are limited within what they can do. <laughs> I love that. Be petty. And no, truly, like, petty decisions. I think it was... I don't think the execution of Infinite was very good. I... I, I think it didn't... It couldn't choose a narrative pathway. That's fair. Um, and it tried to do all of it at once, and it just didn't didn't vibe. Um, like... The only thing I don't like is the DLC. It didn't... It also didn't feel like there was as much conviction behind the behind the world, like behind Columbia. Like it seemed very surface level. Like oh look, wasn't racism bad? Like you can get like it made some interesting points about like deifying um, like uh, nationalism, like nationalism heroes and. Um, like religion as a fervent cult, but it didn't actually say anything with any of it. Like the only time that you can really interact with the racism in the game and like acknowledge it um, is right at the start when you are throwing the baseball when you win the raffle, and even then, no matter what button you press the exact same cutscene happens. So it never actually... It gives you the illusion of being able to participate in that. Isn't that sort of the point? Like the heads and tails thing? Like, I feel like the point of that is sort of to be like constants and variables. So it's a bit like... Like the illusion of free will is like, again, a big part of Bioshock Infinite. I think that's why I like it. Like I think it does a narrative. It does the points the original did well and it looks at them from a different lens and a way that I think doesn't feel repetitive but you can still see the same notes because I feel like if they had a free will centric story it would sort of you'd be like well in Bioshock 1 the whole point was that free will was sort of more of a choice but that's why stuff like the bird in the cage for instance is a choice like dependent of Juju's dependent of the bird or the cage and it makes no difference I think at least some like I think Elizabeth's costume they've also made it so She's not always wearing the pendant you chose. Because she is not the same Elizabeth throughout the whole story. It changes. So then, I think it's just more of like this illusion of like, oh yeah, you can not throw it at 
the couple, but if you do throw it, nothing's going to change. And like, just the like. Well, the couple is like, thank you for not throwing thanks, it at us. Thanks for saying racism's bad. But also, how did they know that you were <laughs> like they could see it in your eyes? <laughs> they were like, they, they were psychic. They were just knew. Truly, um, I think the game that Bioshock Infinite would have been my favorite Bioshock, but because it changed so much during development, and the game that they showed off was not the game that released. Yeah. Um, which is a separate issue in the industry and general. Well, it's happened but... recently with Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach, where you can just tell the original game... I'm not a Five Nights at Freddy's stan, but... I mean, I say I'm not a Five Nights at Freddy's stan, but I find the entire thing super fascinating. Do so I know the do whole I know all the lore? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Does that even make sense? No. No. But, like, that game is clearly supposed to be something completely different, and so much was cut. It's just so obvious, like, what's left in. Even the trailers... Like, the first trailer is Vanessa saying, like, we'll, we'll both get out of this, Gregory. But then she's Come the villain. Come on, Gregory. Come on, Gregory. Um, but if you ever want to see, go down that deep rabbit hole, watch any game theory video, because <laughs> that boy has some theories, and I love to see the crackhead theories he pops out. It's They're so like, fun. I mean, at a certain point, you just can't go, you can't reel back, like, once you've already... Once you've already spewed mental illness, <laughs> you're like, it's hard to put that can, it's hard to put the lid back on that can. But let's get back to, I feel like I was, if we sprawl off into Five Nights at Freddy's, this podcast will just be a Five Nights at Freddy's podcast. <laughs> I've never played any of the games, but I know everything about I it. I know absolutely everything about it. I mean, and we can't support uh, Scott Coffin, no, because he Scotty. is a Trump supporter. Um, but... Or at least he was, which is still bad enough. He I... gave money to Trump. I think the way, especially the first few games, he made 2D art look 3D. Yeah, it's all 2D. Like, it was a super cool and inventive way of, like, low-budget horror. Well, I just think the best he did the best way of doing lore with the Atari games. That's never been done before, and that was really interesting. No, but also, my dude just kind of, like, gave not even hints towards the story, just kind of, like, Vague. put, like, the vaguest little bit. But so I feel like, like that's made he... such an impact on the horror. Horror game is now horror games are now no longer horror games. They're horror games for kids, where you don't really have horror elements, but you have. It's like Hello Neighbor. Like none of it is, none of it's scary. Who it's... gives a fuck? But it's it's Five Nights at Freddy's then re- like sorted. They well he made this new type of horror where it's all in the background it's not actually in your game it's all in like the lore if you look for it because like five nights at freddy's like security breach is not a horror game but if you look through the lore it's like ooh, spooky ooky. it's like if i wanted that i'd participate in an arg they like, have an arg well <laughs> i don't want to have to play it no i don't want to have to play it. <laughs> like i <laughs> not playing that game no i mean i tried to play hello neighbor and i was like i don't i don't get it the alpha the, is uh, the best version of it no truly i think i played it too late i was like well this is fine <laughs> um yeah um i don't think bioshock is the best bioshock i think that's bioshock 2 all that's round fine. um like from a gameplay point of view Yes, the story isn't quite as um, revolutionary 
as the first Bioshock, but I still think it's a solid story about what family means and gameplay-wise, oh my god, it's so much better. Like, it's actually hard going back and playing Bioshock 1. It, mm. Like, with all games that came out in certain eras, it takes a minute to get used to the controls again. Um, it was back when, like, the PlayStation just released, and everyone was like, now we're going to make the standard, and then you... <laughs> we're going to be the Half-Life 2. And then it's just like, oh no, you're all terrible. Why am I sprinting with triangle? Why right. am I doing this? Why can't I use a gun and a plasmid at the same time? <laughs> like, the technology just wasn't there yet, apparently. <laughs> Bioshock 2 is, I think, like, the best all round. Um, I think you're the only person I've ever heard say that. It's either one or like the last one, but you're the only one who I couldn't get through Bioshock Two. I I think it's underappreciated, truly. She's not appreciating her time. She no, truly. I think she. I think Bioshock Two has aged better than the first one. I think it's more replayable, um, less iconic. You're yes. Big sister in Bioshock Two, or is that the person you're against? Big sister. Big sisters are introduced in Bioshock Two. Are you a big sister? Or are you a big daddy? You are a big daddy. You are an yeah. alpha model of big daddy. Oh, he's an alpha. He's not a beta. He's an alpha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, a, he's a no beta male. Or is it Delta? Anyway, it's alpha or Delta. One of them. <laughs> Who fucking knows? Could we take a little breaky break? Oh, yeah. I would like can. to go for a cigarette. <laughs> Just going to do a line of coke. So we'll be right back. And we're back. Hello, Joe. How was your cigarette? Um, my cigarette was tasty. Mm. Um, it's probably... It's nowhere near in the top ten cigarettes I've ever had in my life. But, you know, she was she was okay. Getting that sweet, sweet nicotine. <laughs> so, I'm going to be talking about Portal. Oh, are you now? Oh, are you? So, Portal is a first-person puzzle game, which I feel like... I think it's a bit of a creepy one. It's it, a little bit creepy. You're a little bit, it's a little bit creepy. I think it's just also because, like, the art style is so 2000, like, what, 7? Probably earlier than that. Like, like it's so... It, you look at it and you're like, ah, yes, the Source engine. <laughs> but, so, it follows... I mean, I feel like some of the creepiness definitely comes from it's got big liminal space energy. Well, that, and as we'll talk about, I mean, you're there alone, it's just you. So, you, you play as Chell. Are you there alone? We'll get that. We'll we'll get to this. Don't you be skipping on ahead now. So yeah, you play as Chell, and you go through a test facility called Aperture Laboratories, guided by a mysterious robotic voice. You do some puzzles. You do some bits. <laughs> Just doing your bits. You get portal gun, and then you solve puzzles with portals, and you just go through this test facility. Until it turns out that GLaDOS at the end tries to kill you, so then you escape. Then you go through all the back little parts of um, Aperture, and then you get to GLaDOS and you kill her. What I think the game did well, I feel like the story, the story's great. Let's just say it, the story's great. The story is exactly as long as it needs to be. Oh, truly. It's like an hour, if you've not played Portal, I'm keeping it sort of vague because you need to play it. It's I mean, so good. It's like five hours long. Like It's not even that. I've be uh, my friend went from London, no, from Wales to Newcastle, <laughs> on a train. I beat the train. Yeah, but I, I, I feel like you. Also... You can be Portal in two hours if yeah. you're. Yeah, ta- 
I should play. If you know it. what you're doing. I can be Portal in 40 minutes. Yeah, because you know what you're doing. Yeah. If you've never played Portal before, it will take you a lot longer. No, it takes you literally two hours. It's like a two-hour experience. Well, I'm just dumb then. Yeah, clearly I'm worried if it took you five hours. It, when I first played it, it took me like a afternoon, maybe like two, three hours. Well, well then. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> Did you go to school? Um, I mean... Did you graduate? That, Top of your class? That's not, that's not a fair question to ask me. <laughs> Um, but no, but I um, I feel like Portal is definitely one of those games you need to play. Oh yeah. So I think everything's just so good about it. The music just makes you feel so alone. Like it uses just I'm not sure if it's like single instrument or if it just uses instruments that sort of blend together really well. But you, it's it just seems just very bleak. It's like industrial vibes. Yeah, it's very industrial vibes. It's very just like so lonely there's no other people there there is technically another character there but he's not in the game yeah ratman's only in the comic um but he is technically alive he's technically alive and he is technically in the facility while you're playing leaving little scribbles for you but like i feel like we both chose games that like at the time had some great plot twists like the cake's a lie was quite a good like yeah not plot twist but like it was a good like foreshadowing that glados was maybe not what she seems and um, then, thank you kindly, or would you kindly, is very great, like plot twist, but has just been overused at this yeah, point. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about it because it is spoilers, I guess. Uh, how they patched a different ending in? Oh yeah, no. So I was also going to talk about Portal Two because I feel like you can't talk about Portal One without Portal Two, but I'm going to keep Portal Two very brief. They just added on so much that needed to be added. Portal 1 is such a good... It knows how long it needs to be. It was, I think it only had six people develop it. Like, the best hookup. Yeah, like, just six people. It was just so... It knew what it wanted to do. It knew the vibe it was going for, and it executed it perfectly. Portal 2 just added on to a formula that was already perfect, and it made it better. Portal 2 is probably the more objectively better game. The story's more in-depth, the characters have a bit more personality. The Half-Life 3 tees. Yeah, like, with the Borealis. It had better Easter eggs, it had just a better... The the, the, the gels were fun. Throwing, the gels were fun. Throwing you, throwing you fluids everywhere. Yeah, Portal 2 is a, overall just, it's so polished. Like, the Portal series is probably... I think it is the best video game series that probably is out there. Yeah. I think it, if it's not, it's I mean, in top three. I People would probably say Half-Life is better. Like, I think Portal is better. Like, I mean, it depends on how you're categorising. Portal changed how people perceived not only puzzle games, but also, also first-person shooters. First-person shooters before that had never not been really a story focus. Well, they had, but like it was never. Portal really just reinvented the game, and I feel like you can see that a lot more. Like with games like Subliminal, with games like. I, I mean, Valve did what Valve does best in. They reinvent the wheel. And they crafted a narrative that utilized everything that a game is like. Yeah. They truly operating on a. Why have cutscenes like when? the medium that we have chosen to like create it. it doesn't need it we can tell these in not super 
relatively intricate stories. They're intricate. You've got to, like, read between the lines for some of it. Like, it it puts trust in the player to have a critical understanding of what's, hap- what's happening and what they're doing. Um, and I think that's always been a strength of Valve's, even in Half-Life. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it would be disingenuous to say without Half-Life, Portal wouldn't have... No, definitely. Like, the two are... The two are super symbiotic. I think everything on the Source engine is kind of... Not the same game, but it should all be kind of spoken about in the same regard. Well, obviously, Half-Life and Portal are now in the same universe, but I think what Half-Life introduced this idea of gameplay that made you feel like even though you're definitely on a linear path in Half-Life it makes you feel like you're exploring there's no objective markers there's no mini-map to be like okay go this way it honestly feels like you're stumbling through this and it's lucking out but I think Portal did that well as well obviously that was the first like 21 I want to say test chambers but then you go into the back rooms and it does feel a bit more like we love we love going love to the back, back rooms. rooms it feels a bit more like you're stumbling through the facility because like Little the portable services are portable services are like different but they're still similar enough that you can sort of it's clear just not the same asset clearly with portal they just knew what they wanted to do i think portal is honest to god one of the most perfect games out there it's not dragged out it's not too short they have even like if you can get people attached to a cube with a heart on it, you've done something right. Yeah, but have you seen that cube, though? It's adorable. I've got a plushie of it. I know you do. I love it. But who's more adorable, the cube or the turrets? Turrets. 100% the turrets. But yeah, it's just got so much personality in the game without putting too much depth into writing in a sense of, like, there's not multiple characters. There's basically just one character. And she fucking bodies the role. And you have to talk about the music. Still oh, alive, it's a... Banger. 12, 13-year-old me, however old I was. Banger. Listened to Still Alive, thought I just discovered music for the first time. I was like, people don't like, know about this. Like, truly, it was majestic. So, I just think it's honestly, it's, it's probably it's one of, if not my favourite game. No, I can see that. It's definitely... Portal is definitely a game you recommend to people who don't play video games. Oh, absolutely. It's in that pantheon of games. Like, it's so easy to pick up and play. It's just so well-written. It's just exactly what a game needs to be. I think it is one of... I think I do think it is, objectively, universally regarded as one of the best video games of all time. It's um, definitely top five. I mean, it's definitely in the it's definitely in the pantheon. I don't necessarily think it would come in the top five. I did really. I don't think it would come in the top. Who five. would you think top five best games of all time? Like, I mean, it depends on whether this is a thing. It depends on whether we are going objectively, factually, from like the impact that it had on the medium, or if it's just. Like your, or I'm saying like personal objective. Opinion. I think if people made an objective list, Portal would be top five, or Portal two. Um, I would argue Portal two over Portal one. Um, okay, the Portal you, series. What would you put in the top five then? 
Portal as number one, probably The Last of Us, and then probably Halo, yep. Skyrim, but by Skyrim I mean the Elder Scrolls series, because I don't personally like Skyrim, but mm-hmm. I can see why Skyrim would be regarded as the, one of the best. As the pinnacle. And then finally, probably Minecraft. Okay. Um, I would say uh, Half-Life. Hmm. The original over the sequel. Also have to go with Halo. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Halo or Call of Duty. Like, I feel like Modern Warfare, I can see why people would... But I think Halo's just better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would argue Gears of War. Okay, well, I think, we have choices. Well, I think Gears of War kickstarted the 2008 to the 2014 era of video games where mm. everything was gritty, brown, grey, <laughs> like... <laughs> Reselling it. Best game of all time, it's no, brown and grey. Well, no, it set a trend yeah. for the industry for a super long time, and I don't think that should be overlooked. It also brought cover shooting um, no, I agree with back you. to the forefront. Um, the reload mechanic was... Um, I also didn't. I don't own an Xbox, okay, so I didn't play it. I'm not too sure about the other two. Well, Minecraft. Minecraft completely changed the indie game genre and how people perceive indie games. Yeah, I I think I would agree with you. It also with probably Minecraft. helped it, a lot of indie games get their foot in. Um, I think it would have to be System Shock Two as well. That's fair. Like, I think they all did something to change the industry as a whole. Yeah. Like whether that be standards, whether that be um, what an indie studio can be like capable of, like yeah, I think. But I think even as objective and factual, I still think every list would be different because you can't separate opinions. Well, yeah, it's all opinions, but opinions. Everyone's got. I think if people did like, I feel like if people did like a mass, like if you looked at every major. Like game reviewer like IGN, GameSpot, Polygon. I feel like Portal would be in the top ten. Well, Portal franchise. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, probably. Obviously, you don't have to agree. That's fine. No, <laughs> no, like, um, I'll. It'd be boring if we had the exact same opinion. <laughs> I'll do a little. I'll do some little searches. Oh, before this, because I wanted to be reminded of a bunch of games. I feel like I play so many games, I just forget about them. So I googled a lot of top. Top PlayStation games. games of all time and like top like whatever games. So maybe I'm a bit biased because I've seen the list. So maybe that's why <laughs> you, you I are, came prepared. I was like, actually, but because I was like, this episode. well, like there's a lot of games from like PlayStation that I was like, oh shit, yeah, I played. <laughs> I have played that. Well, game. like stuff like um, The Sims Busting Out, completely forgot. It's like a great game that like is one of my favorites, but because I haven't played it in so long, like I was about to put on. Like Oxen Free and What Remains of Edith Finch, but that's not because they're my favorite games. It's because they're the most recent I played. Mm-hmm. But then some of the other games on my list are just battered by nostalgia. I mean, yeah, it's I kind of had a little bit of trouble separating what I actually thought what was a favorite game of mine and what I was looking at through the nostalgia lens. I think it did a pretty good job of separating some of them out. That's why I had such a long... That's not my phone. That's why I had such a long list, because, like... And you're a size queen. I'm a size queen. Um, But it was just more of a... Like, Fallout 3, objectively, is not a... 
I mean, I have my own gripes with comparing Fallout 3 to Fallout New Vegas because it clearly just aren't trying to do the same thing. I feel like it's trying to, it's the same as comparing Fallout 3 to Skyrim, where I just don't feel like they have really the same intentions in mind. I can see why people compare and contrast, and I do agree with some of the compare and contrast, but like, I think we'll get onto this properly when you do Fallout. I mean, probably I... next episode because it's running long. So I have a part two, but like Fallout, Bethesda clearly haven't got a lore in mind, they've got more fun Ooh, look at this fun little thing whereas i think obsidian yeah yeah obsidian that is correct that is correct obsidian had more of an idea how to blend the two fallout 3 is probably quote unquote more fun quest wise i wholeheartedly i wasn't finished with my sentence (laughs) it's more probably quote unquote fun like quest-wise as in individual quests whereas i think fallout new vegas has the overall better experience with great quests i think fallout new vegas knows how to do interlocking quests better whereas i think fallout 3 wanted you to be like look at this fun thing that's Um, what i personally think i mean i think there's a lot of that in new vegas there's a lot of that new vegas but i just i just think i think that fallout 3 had more of that in mind they wanted like the individual quest to be like wow because like going into like tranquility lane and all that i think they wanted like the highlights of like that mm-hmm. i think that was more of their forefront rather than law well and yeah because they had all of um project van buren they had the rights to use it and they just scrapped it because that clearly just wasn't what they were doing no i mean also Bethesda making a isometric game does not sound well in i think the wheelhouse um Van Buren wasn't supposed to be isometric, was it? Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. Well, they still had all the story points, and they... I feel like they just scrapped it. I feel... That's why I'm always a bit like, maybe don't compare oh, no, them. They, didn't, they absolutely didn't care, because they were like, well... They wanted to make the game they wanted to make. If you would have let us buy the IP, like, a few years ago, yeah, we probably would have just let you carry on making it, but yeah. no. But, so yeah, like, Fallout 3, I just feel like I've also have caused such a big nostalgia for, because it got me into that franchise. So I feel like I, I just defend it. Me and you had many discussions about which is better. Oh, truly. Um, like, I, I think Fallout New Vegas is superior. Fallout New Vegas in is better every single way. But I think I think what Fall, I think Fallout Three does do some things better. But that's just me. Like I think they do. I think they do like wacky individual quests better. But that's not the point of Fallout New Vegas. That's what I mean. Like no Fallout. But- off the top of my head, the kind of quests that you're talking about, Tranquility Lane, yeah, um, Oasis, yeah, um, the ants in Grey Hill, no, Grey, Grey something, yeah, Grey something, Grey Wall, Grey Mitch probably, but like Grey Ditch, Grey Ditch, um, um, then what? Well, like, I meant more like, well, those three, definitely. Letting slavers take over the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, God. that's cow. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's cow. That is cow. But, like, also stuff like Motip Zia. Like, that is own- only Fallout 3 would have a DLC. Fallout New Vegas has a bit more, they're a bit more highbrow, and they're like, no, we're going to do, we're going to well, do something a bit different. the DLC is all kind of inter interlaced with each other. Yeah. Like from the first one there's mentions of all the other DLCs to come. For so New Vegas. Like very they had a very clear idea of what the DLC was gonna be. 
and I'm sure it would have been things that they would have liked to have added into the main game. Didn't have time. But they didn't have time. They're like, right, okay, well, we can do these cool things with the extra however many months of development that they got. Um, but I think quest-wise, New Vegas is hands down better. Like, I... That's my opinion! <laughs> <laughs> um, I do agree, but I, I just think... have a spot, soft spot for... Fallout 3. Any, I think it does some stuff better. I think any other opinions about Fallout 3 being better than New Vegas are completely invalid because <laughs> uh, you Fallout New Vegas was the first game where I got to walk around and be gay with my like science <laughs> boyfriend and my robot. You're like, like I got to fully live my fantasy. You're like you're entitled to your wrong opinion, Corey. <laughs> you're entitled to your wrong opinion. No, I do. If I if I had to choose one or the other. I'll probably play New Vegas, but Fallout Three, I just have fun with. I just have fun with it. Just have, just have some fun. Fallout Three, I don't take seriously, but like I don't take anything. <laughs> but it's like Fallout Four, or like Seventy Six. Like I'm not playing it anymore for the story because it's always bad. Like, Bethesda don't do a good, serious story like that. They do better fantasy stories, and even then, they're tripping on their toes a little bit. They trip a dip in. But um, we'll get into this. I think Fallout 76 is a very weird project. Because very clearly, Bethesda built the infrastructure with ESO for well, with the knowledge that they will have the license for a Fallout MMO. Like, they were playing the long game <laughs> with this. Well, apparently it's not that bad anymore. I mean, we both have it. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> But we will, like, we will get into that. It's going to have to be next episode because me and you have run over and it is now. Well, we ain't paying for time no more. No, but I feel like we are paying in attention span. Or people don't want to sit down there and watch a three-hour podcast. I'd rather that be in two parts. Okay, well... Also, it means that next week we actually will have an episode. We we watch so, we watch we seven will hour watch. long game analysis in one sitting. Like we're we're mentally ill. We, we have a niche audience. <laughs> it's so niche it doesn't exist. <laughs> but we will bid you farewell. Uh, bid you adieu. Joe, um, where can people find you? Oh no, actually, before oh. we fuck off, um, what games have you been playing? Right now, I'm playing the remake of Destroy All Humans. Cute. Because it's on Game Store. Um, probably next week, I'm going to be playing Pokemon Arceus. Ooh. Because I'm going to be excited about that. I've not actually been playing... Because I've been interviewing for many jobs trying mm-hmm. to not be homeless. Because that was <laughs> <laughs> dropped on the streets. You could always come and live on my sofa again. It's fine. I have a job now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've not been able to play that many games. I did play recently What Remains of Edith Finch. Very good. What did remain? Um, a fake family killing curse. Ooh. Um, that Sexy. Some of the parents then used as an excuse and sort of wanted to happen to kill their kids. To make this, To make this... You've got to really read between the lines and that. Because, like, everything is sort of presented to you how the person thinks they died. Mm-hmm. So, like, one person gets murdered by, like, crazy monsters, Murder. but it probably was just her boyfriend. It's very weird. Um, it always is usually just the boyfriend then. So yeah, what else have I played? Uh, replayed Oxenfree, because I wanted a good ending. 
I think that's really been it. I've not. I mean, Dead by Daylight's always always in rotation. Yeah, I tried to play Control, then it crashed. So I need to fix that. That's upsetting. What year? What have you been playing? Um, so I've been playing Cyberpunk. Um, begrudgingly, almost at this (laughs) point, like, uh, I've been playing Darkest Dungeon, which is super fun. Um, but. I get quite frustrated at it sometimes. Oh, I've been playing VR chat as well. Yeah. We will have an episode on VR chat because or online experiences, experiences because I need I need to tell people the things I've witnessed. The fear I respect the fairy community. I've got nothing against them. They are wild. <laughs> they are wild fairy people. Rights. Sorry, I no, I feel like I, I was gonna forget, but yeah, I've been the, playing that. Fairy rights. We love fairy to rights. It. Um and then I've sort of been dabbling with Hades still. Like, it's not. It's a. It's a comfort game at this point. It's pretty to look at. Pretty to look at. Pretty to look at. Um, but I have every intention of playing Disco Elysium to finish. Cause, I need to play that. Well, yes, you do. That and... was on a lot of t- um, places, like top games of all time. Yeah, because it's it... so fucking good. Yeah. Um, I need to play that. But because. Uh, of my experiences, um, it's quite a tough game for me to play. But that's why I wanted to play Celeste, but I don't think you're ready to play Celeste. Because I didn't. I thought you were ready to play a normal Lost Phone, and then you called me crying. Yeah, I, <laughs> after playing a normal Lost Phone, I was sobbing for a normal Lost Phone. Forty-five minutes is such a good game. It does storytelling so well. It does. I actually don't. I don't want to talk about it anymore because I'll I, it's, cry. Well, it's more... That is such a good game of discovery that I don't want... If people... If you've not played a normal Lost Phone, play a normal Lost Phone. It is great. Yeah, right. Get it. But don't look anything up about it because anything you learn will spoil something. It's such a good game of discovery. Um, But yeah, uh, that's kind of all I've been playing. Um, I'm hoping to get Cyberpunk finished by the end of the week. Um, But yeah... But yeah. Not much not much else Wagwanin. Um hopefully the next time you hear me, I won't be dead. Well we are probably gonna record another episode, the part two, probably now. Oh right now. I don't know. Two for one special. Well Ugh. it guarantees said, an episode for next week. <laughs> I said you buy one. You get one you free. You get one free. So Joe, where can people find you? Um you can find me at Luxifernal on uh twitter so lux e i <laughs> just spell the whole name l u x i f e r i n a l luxifernal now you can find me at accidental jesus so just accidental and then jesus but also we have a twitter we do have a little tweet we have a we haven't got on a the single bird app. we haven't got a single tweet but if you want to follow our little little Twitter, it is at <laughs> our content at We Are Sorry Pod. W e a r e s o r r y p o d. Call now. <laughs> Sorry, I've just realised that it spells wasp. <laughs> oh my god, it does. <laughs> New name. But yeah, follow us at We Are Sorry Pod. Right, we will. <laughs> You'll have better updates as to when we go away for eight months because we are going through it. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Hopefully that's leveled up now. 
I would say I'm sorry about it. It was both of us. But Joe, when... we don't need to apologize because we are always sorry, sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just you don't need to apologize. It's already there. It's already there. It's already done. Um, we're sorry in advance is also what the people at the inpatient reception said to me. <laughs> uh, but if this audio has been crackly or a bit loud in some bits, we are learning because we are both holding up our microphones. <laughs> Again, crackhead studio. Yeah. So if it is bad, we are sorry in advance. We be using some cheap equipment that we've managed to hobgobble together and make work. So For reference, I paid for the equipment. Well, yeah. Joe's like this shitty crap. Well, I hate it. And I'm well, like my bank account. No. Well, is I mean, one of them costs three pounds. Like because yeah, I had discount. Yeah, it's just. A, and it was on sale. It's just a fact. It was like three pounds is inexpensive. It was originally thirty. Sorry, I will. Sorry, inexpensive equipment, not cheap. I was gonna say so let's better. not let's not put me down. <laughs> I'm already down. Um, but um. Do you, want, do you have anything else to say? Because otherwise, because we have done an outro now for about twenty-five minutes. Um, no, I don't really have anything else to say. Uh, yeah. See you next week. See you next week. Bye, Bye-bye. friends.